Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. Well, how many of you have your Bibles? Anybody have a Bible in here? Bibles. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to begin tonight in uh, in the book of Ruth. In the book of Ruth, uh, we're going to get started. Ruth chapter 1 and verse 20. We're going to get started in just a moment as we get settled in for a second. Ruth chapter 1, uh, verse 20. I, I'm going to read it and then we're going to pray and then we're going to get right into our message tonight. It says, uh, before I read it, let me give you a little bit of a backdrop on this story. So I don't know if you've ever read the book of Ruth or know the story of uh, Ruth and Naomi. Uh, Naomi is Ruth's uh, mother-in-law, and uh, there was a tragedy where uh, Naomi lost her son and uh, Ruth lost her husband. And so both of them are, uh, uh, Naomi was already a widow, Ruth and Naomi are kind of processing uh, this death together. And they respond differently. And, and Naomi responds uh, to, to Ruth this way. She says, don't call me Naomi, she responded. Instead, call me Mara, which means bitterness, for the Almighty has made my life very bitter for me. Tonight, I want to talk to you in a message called Becoming Bitter or Better. Becoming Bitter or Better. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. For your word, we thank you that it is alive, it is active, it is powerful. And Lord, our hearts are before you tonight, ready to receive something from you. Lord, we ask that you would speak to us, for you are faithful, you are true, you are alive and active, and we just receive your word before us tonight in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just thank you that LSU is still your chosen people, and we give you thanks for a victory ahead of time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just kind of stirred a little hornet's nest there. I like to just pray about sports sometimes. For those of you that are new, I just do that sometimes. Um, Have you ever been, you know, running outside or playing outside as a kid and just really just... uh, Having so much fun, and you know, it's summertime right now, and I remember the days of, of just playing basketball all day long, just nonstop sweating, and having the amazing ability uh, to exert an incredible amount of energy, and, uh, and really just keep going and going and going. Uh, unfortunately, I don't quite have that same energy level these days, but I remember just, uh, just, just having such a blast, especially, uh, this time of year. And have you ever been like playing basketball or, uh, doing something where you're sweating a lot and all of a sudden you, your, your blood sugar begins to get a little bit low and you crave something like, like something that you normally wouldn't crave, like fruit or, you know, something like that. I remember one day I was just, sweating. It was one of those summer days of playing basketball. I was a kid and, and I was just exhausted and I found myself just craving an orange. I just, I had to have an orange. I went inside. I found, uh, what I thought was a bag of oranges and I began to peel this orange and I'd never seen this orange before. It was ginormous. It was, it was, looked just so luscious. And so I peeled this orange and got it ready and took a big bite out of it and turned, it comes to find out that it was a grapefruit wasn't an orange. 
And uh, for those that you don't uh, of you that don't know, grapefruit uh, is actually uh, right next in the Bible in sin. Like it is it is the worst fruit. It's actually was the forbidden fruit. We later found out it was a grapefruit. And uh, it, it, some people say, no, I like grapefruit. I'll take a grapefruit and I'll put a, a bunch of sugar on it and it's delicious. Like You don't like grapefruit, you like sugar. No one really, anybody likes a grapefruit in here? Raise your hand for persecution. Okay, okay, a few, okay. Come up for prayer after the service. We'll break that spirit of grapefruit off of you. But I tasted it and it was one of the most bitter things I had ever tasted. It was terrible, it was absolutely Awful. Before we continue, I want to give you an opportunity to taste a little bitterness. If Jonathan and Macy can come up, they're going to help me do a little something before we keep going. I need two volunteers. See, you, you, some of you don't even know what you're volunteering for. I, I, I could. I need two volunteers to jump out that window. That's what. No. Okay. I need two volunteers that are willing to participate in a lemon-eating contest. Two volunteers. Two volunteers. I'll go Luke. And what's your name? Alyssa, come on up here. How about a big hand for Luke and Alyssa? All right, grab a plate. Grab a plate. All right, and we're going to let you dig in. We're going to do a, a, a on three, all right? I need I need every all full participation here and on three, one, two, three, eat it. But it's always competent, you know, just gets a little confused. One, two, three, and then you can begin eating. All right, everybody. One, two, three. All right. <laughs> got a winner. All right. Do you like Starbucks? Awesome. Here is 15 bucks to Starbucks. What's your name again? Alyssa. How about a big hand clap for Alyssa? Okay. I got one more competition. Y'all like competitions? I love competitions. I need two leaders to volunteer for this competition. All right, Josh. How about a worship team competition in Micah? Okay. For those of you that may not know what this liquid is, this is some vinegar, half a cup. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, yeah, you can drink vinegar. Okay. This is the greatest 
Greatest, do we have a mic? Do we have a handheld real quick before we go on? Can I get a, get a mic? Okay, you might, you might be wondering, you might be sitting down right now and thinking, why leaders? Because I didn't want to get sued. So I figured that, you know, leaders wouldn't sue me. Okay. Josh, I need you to describe right now. What are you smelling? What is this? I don't know. It's, it's bad. It's bad, bad. By the way, you may not know, Josh is our worship leader if you're new here. And Micah is as well. Micah, how are you going to win this competition? I'm going to drink it. <laughs> that is a good, I'm just going to win. Okay. All right. She has way less than I do. Well, oh, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's see. No, don't pour it. Wait. Yeah, I do. Yeah, she's got a little bit more. We, okay. All right. On three. One. Are we ready? Are we ready? Okay, deep breath, deep breath, deep breath. All right. All right, everybody count down. One, two, three, go. I don't really know who won. You can just sit right there. I'll just put it right there. Y'all can split that card. That was a big mouth of bitterness. How about a big hand clap for Josh? Josh and Micah. Y'all may take your time. We also have a restroom facility downstairs, need be. I love games. I love spontaneous games. Um, I think they're going to be okay. I've never seen a competition like that before, but it was the two most bitter things that I could possibly think of as a lemon and some vinegar. What is the most bitter thing you've ever eaten before? Real quick, let me hear. That. <laughs> oh. I remember, I remember the, the, the moment that I was biting into that grapefruit and you just can't get it out of your mouth. Like, I don't know how the lemon's working. I know how the vinegar is working. We just saw that. But bitterness in the sense of spiritually is a lot like that. Whenever we begin to just take bitterness, it's one thing to taste it and it's another thing to ingest it. And whenever you begin to ingest bitterness, sometimes it can lead to a little coughing, a little gagging, maybe a little throwing up or whatnot. But whenever we begin to receive bitterness, it gets inside of us. And there's a bitterness that's far worse than lemons, far worse than vinegar. But there's a bitterness that we can have towards God and towards other people that will literally kill us. I want to talk to you real quick. I want everybody's attention up here as we, we kick off this message. I want to talk to you about three things that produces bitterness in our lives. Three things that produces bitterness in our lives. If you're taking notes, the first thing is number one, unresolved anger. 
unresolved anger. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, it says, And don't, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Drop down to verse 31. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. What is the process that the enemy will use to gain a foothold in our lives? Well, I think that it starts with anger. It starts with anger. Then it goes to unforgiveness. And then whenever we get to unforgiveness, then it goes to bitterness or hatred. And whenever we allow those things in our lives, it gives what the Bible describes as a foothold to the enemy. A foothold is something that has a strong grip on you that you're not able to overcome, but you have then allowed that person to get a foothold on you. Whenever we allow anger to go unresolved inside of our lives, it gives a foothold to the enemy in our lives. And what what God desires for us, he says that he's okay with the emotion of anger, but he says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. What he's saying is what you feel is valid. However, don't let that emotion or that feeling go unresolved. Because if you do, inevitably, it will lead towards bitterness. And you can, you know, somebody can can upset you, you know, can, can make you angry or feel the emotion of anger. And that's OK. You know, Blake could could make me angry. But if I don't or I could make Blake angry, vice versa. But if we don't allow that to if that goes unresolved, what can then happen is it begins to produce bitterness in our lives or in your life. And then once you become bitter towards a person, it really doesn't matter what else they do. You always see through the lenses of bitterness. So one person can do one thing to you that causes anger. You allow that anger to go unresolved. You become bitter towards that person. Now it doesn't matter what they do. Everything that they do now makes you angry. And the biggest thing in our lives that causes and produces turmoil inside of us is conflict amongst relationships. And whenever you have that anger amongst somebody that's unresolved, and it continues to fester and fester and fester, you begin to get more and more and more bitter towards that person. And then what begins to happen is it goes beyond just that person. You become just a bitter person that now sees through the lenses of bitterness towards everyone. Have you ever met a person that you just knew was just absolutely bitter? That just was bitter about all kinds of different things? I think of you know, you might have maybe an elderly aunt or a family member that every time you go and talk with that person, they're always talking about what somebody did to them in 1981. It's the same thing. It's the same just motion, the same phrase, the same stuff over and over and over and over again. Why is that? It's because they've allowed unresolved anger to then turn into Bitterness. They haven't just tasted bitterness, they've ingested 
bitterness, and now it's become a poison in their lives. It's become a poison in their lives. You know, anger is something that that God desires for us to control, not for it to control you. In Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28, it says, A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. A person that can't control his anger is like a city with broken down walls. Can you imagine if in your home you didn't have any exterior walls? Can you imagine if in your home you had your bedroom, but there were no doors to your house? Whenever you went to sleep at night, would you feel safe? Answer, would you feel safe with no doors, no walls or anything like that? No, of course not. Why? Because at that point, anybody and anyone could come in and take whatever they wanted from you. They could bring harm to you. They could do whatever they, whatever you can think of. They could possibly do it. Why? Because you have no protection. In Bible days, everything was about, uh, was about the walls around a city. If your city didn't have walls, any army or enemy could come against you and, and just take or pillage anything during the night. Well, the Bible brings that same illustration to us uh, for us as if we don't have self-control, we're like a city without walls. We're like a house with no doors on it. Anybody can come and just steal from us and take from us. And whenever we allow bitterness to come in our heart, we give the enemy an opportunity to have a foothold and then he just comes in and comes out as he pleases. So what produces bitterness in our lives? Number one, unresolved anger. Number two, an unbridled tongue, an unbridled tongue. James chapter one, verse 26 says, if you claim to be religious or you claim to be a Christian, don't control and don't control your tongue. You are fooling yourself and your religion or Christianity is worthless, is worthless. I want to read a, a big passage of scripture to you. I put the whole thing in there because the way the Bible describes this is really amazing. In James chapter three, verse two, it says, indeed, we all make mistakes, right? We all can we agree with that? Indeed, we all make mistakes for if we could control our tongue, we would be perfect and can control and could also control ourselves in every other way. It says we can make a large horse go wherever we want it by a small bit in its mouth. Anybody ever ridden a horse before? I know, I know Catherine's ridden horses. You get on a horse and it's a giant animal, but yet you put a bridle in its mouth and it can, and it goes wherever you want it to go. It says, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue, the tongue is very small, is a very small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And the tongue is a flame of fire. It's, it, it's, it is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set the whole world on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. 
People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. I want everybody to just stick out your tongue real quick. Just stick out your tongue. Everybody stick out your tongue. Grab your tongue real quick. Stick out your tongue. Grab your tongue. Full participation. Stick out your tongue. Grab your tongue. Okay. Now, in comparison to the rest, you can, you can stop. Some, y'all are very, 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 very good class participation tonight. The tongue in comparison to your whole body is so small. It's not even remotely close to your bicep. Well, I mean, some of you it might be, you know, right around there. I'm just kidding. It's not nearly as big as your foot or any, any other part of your body. It's very, very small. But yet the Bible says that it controls everything. In fact, James makes a statement that says, if you could control or tame your tongue, you would be perfect. Did James make a, a mistake there or did he say that, is that the truth? I believe it's the truth. James said that and asked the question of who can tame the tongue. And it gives amazing illustrations of a horse, a huge animal. Yet you can get on that horse and have a bridle in its mouth and make it go wherever you want it to go. A a huge ship. It's you know, if you've ever been on a cruise, they have ginormous ships. Yet that ship is the direction that it's going is according to the rudder. The direction that it's going is that small rudder. And in the same way, you and I, our tongue is the direction that our life will go. What does your tongue have to do with bitterness? Because oftentimes when we taste bitterness, we begin to taste it. And when we begin to taste it, we begin to spew it. And we go back in this text that we began in Ruth chapter 1, verse 20. Naomi said, don't call me Naomi, instead call me Mara, which means bitterness for the Almighty has made my life very bitter. What Naomi was doing was she was speaking what was going on in her life. In fact, she didn't want to be called by her name anymore. She wanted to literally be called bitter. She wanted to literally become be called bitter because bitterness was who she was. Now, for some of you, this message means a tremendous amount to you because you right now are in a place in a season in your life where you're going through bitterness or someone has offended you and you're kind of that's like right where you're at for the others that might not be that big of a deal. But the truth is, is that at some point in all of our lives, all of us taste bitterness. Bitterness affects every single one of us. It is impossible to live life without experiencing the opportunity to become bitter. This is what happened to Naomi. Naomi wasn't always a person that was bitter. Naomi then began to have circumstances in her life that caused that she allowed to become caused her to become bitter. Because the truth is, 
is that in our life, whenever we experience turmoil, whenever we experience trials, one of two things will happen. Either we will get bitter and we will go in the opposite direction, or in truth, we will get better and overcome the bitterness that we're experiencing. And so whether you have a moment or an opportunity to be bitter, really, in reality, the choice is ours. And truthfully, what will help you overcome it, one of the things that will help you overcome it is by taming your tongue, by taming your tongue. You know, uh, there are opportunities in my life where where I have the opportunity to become bitter multiple times. And and a lot of times I have to catch myself I have a select few group of people that I will talk to what's going on in my life that I know are trustworthy, because what happens a lot of times with us is we begin to vent our frustration, but we vent on everyone. And from some point it go, it stops becoming venting and it starts becoming gossip. It stops becoming, hey, I'm frustrated about this. And it starts becoming you're just you're constantly spewing about one person that you never believe what so-and-so did to me and listen to this and you begin to prepare your case. And, and what happens is, is bitterness is contagious. Bitterness is contagious. And so you get before one person and you're spewing bitterness to that person. They begin to get infected with your bitterness and they go to another person and they spew venom on that person. You ever seen a spitting cobra? There is nothing more fearful on all of God's earth than a spitting snake. That is terrifying. I hate snakes. Absolutely despise snakes. In fact, recently I had the pleasure of cutting my grass and a couple of small snakes came out and I had my weed eater and I just boom, right, whacked it right there. The only good snake in my opinion is what? A dead snake. That's not in the Bible, but it should be. And... But a spitting cobra, that what are you, it won't only bite you, it will spit poison in your face. And the only thing worse than being bit by a cobra is being blind. You get bit by a snake, then you're blinded by a snake. I mean, that's pretty much the worst case scenario that could ever happen to you. And if you ever see it, it gets threatened. And whenever it gets agitated and it's all frustrated, it begins to spit venom and inject victims. It's the same way with us. When we get bitter and we get all stirred up, we go to all different people and we get back and we spew our venom. It gets in their face. They get blinded and now they can't see clearly because we have skewed their vision with our bitterness. You must be careful in who you talk with because You need to come before a person that's not going to just fuel your fire, but that will actually at times put your fire out and will have proper perspective and have enough spiritual maturity to not gossip with you, but to encourage you not to ingest the poison of bitterness. Because as we speak, that's what we will begin to taste and that's what will begin to affect our life. And it's just like that rudder. It will turn and steer our lives. So what does bitterness produce in our lives? Number one, unresolved anger. Number two, an unbridled tongue. And number three, 
Bitterness is produced in our lives whenever an unexpected tragedy hits. Naomi was really experiencing tragedy when her hus- or whenever her, her husband had died. She was a widow. And now her son died. And you have two different people in this circumstance, both very hurting. You have Naomi and you have Ruth. One lost a son, one lost a husband. Both of them are now widows. Each one of them makes two totally different decisions. One makes a decision that I'm, I, you call me bitterness now. That's who I am. I am bitterness. Ruth makes a decision that she is going to follow God and choose to get better and allow God to heal her life. Both of them went in two totally different areas in life. And you know, whenever we hear the word tragedy, we always hear something, we always think of death, right? But in reality, tragedy for you is any time something unexpected comes that you weren't planning or weren't hoping for. See, tragedy for you could be you were really, you've been working out all summer, you've been training, you've been hoping to make the baseball team, and you try out and you don't make it. That might not seem like a big deal for you, or, or maybe you could be, you know, practicing, um, I don't know how you practice cheerleading, but however that process is, you're doing that, and you don't make the squad. And that's not a big deal in the, in the sense to your neighbor, but it's a really big deal to you. And that is a tragedy to you. Whatever a tragedy is anything that is affecting you. It's affecting your life and has the opportunity for you to become bitter. Has that gives you the opportunity to become either bitter or better. You know, we all know the story of Michael Jordan, how he didn't make his basketball team and he could have been like so many people that I know that said, you know what, that coach is stupid. He doesn't know who what talent is. I mean, I'm the man and you know what, forget it. I'm done with basketball. I'm going to go on to something else. But instead, he worked and continued. Instead of getting bitter, he got better and he made his team. And now all of us know who Michael Jordan is as the best basketball player ever. What is your story? What is the thing that is holding you back right now that you're bitter and instead of just what the enemy want you to be is bitter, God wants to take that and make you better. He wants to make you better than what you were before. One more scripture verse, a story found in Job, Job chapter two, verse nine. This is after Job experienced incredible tragedy. He lost all of his wealth, all of his family in one day, and he's laying in bed with his wife. And she says to him, his wife said to him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. It's really not a good way to die. Curse God and die. Not the best of decisions. But Job replied, you talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God, and never anything bad. So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. That goes back to taming your tongue. And another, another translation says Job didn't sin with his mouth. You see, again, we have an example of two different people. You have a husband and a wife. Both of them lost everything. 
literally everything, all of their, all of their finances, everything is gone, including all of their family. And you again have two people going in two different directions. One says, hey, just curse God and die. The other one says, blessed be God gives and takes away, but still blessed be the name of the Lord. Let me ask you a question. If and when tragedy strikes, how will you respond? How will you respond when tragedy comes home to you? Will you become bitter or will you become better? Let's stand and close in prayer. So we know some things that produce bitterness inside of our lives. But the the, the main question is, is how do we get set free from bitterness? How do we get set free from bitterness? You might be here tonight and you're at a place where you really are bitter. You're maybe bitter towards a parent. Maybe your parents have divorced and you're bitter at your mom or you're bitter at your dad or a sibling or a co-worker or a classmate or a teammate, whoever it may be. You're bitter at them. How do you get free from that bitterness? There's a few ways, but I'm just going to key in on, on the main way. And it's this. Follow Jesus's example. Follow Jesus's example. When Jesus died and was before he died, whenever he was on the cross. In Matthew, chapter 27, verse 34. It says the soldiers gave him wine mixed with bitter gall. But when he tasted it, he refused to drink it. Jesus tasted bitterness but he refused to ingest it. When Jesus was on the cross, he tasted the bitterness that we would go through. He tasted it. He knows what your bitterness tastes like. He never said that it wasn't bitter. He never said he never uh, took validation away from it and said, no, it's sweet. He called it what it was. It was bitter. But he made a decision not to ingest it. We have to make a decision. Yeah, you can taste bitterness. All of us at a moment in our lives have the opportunity to taste bitterness. But we have to make the choice not to ingest it. Not to swallow it. Not to dwell on it. Not to regurgitate it constantly. No matter what the circumstance is. I want everybody to just close your eyes all across this place. And I want to pray for you right now. If you're in here tonight, you might say, you know what, Pastor Elijah, I'm I'm struggling with bitterness in my life. I'm struggling with bitterness. If you would be just really bold with nobody looking around, just just lift up your hand right now. Say, you know what, right now, I'm struggling with bitterness. See your hand. Hands all across the place. So I'm struggling with bitterness right now. I want you to do me a favor and do something really bold and brave. And I actually want you to just come down to the altar right now. Say, I need to I need to be set free from bitterness in my life. You're struggling with bitterness. Whatever, whatever it may be, don't be embarrassed, don't be shy, no matter who you are. 
but I need to be set free from bitterness. I want some leaders to just come and, and pray for these students that are needing to be set free. And I want to pray for you that are in your seat right now. With nobody looking around. Father, I pray for every single person in this place right now. Lord, I pray for every person that's struggling and dealing with bitterness right now. No matter if they're tasting it, God, I pray that you would help them not to ingest it, not to swallow it, God. Lord, I pray that you would set us free supernaturally right now in the name of Jesus from bitterness, God. I thank you that we are people that are free indeed, God. We're people that are living a victorious life that you created, that you designed for us to experience right now. In Jesus' name I pray. I thank you for every person in here, Lord, for moving in a great way inside of them tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you.